Good morning. Hope everybody's doing good today. Thankful for all of y'all that came yesterday to um, kind of celebrate our, our seniors that are graduating high school and thank y'all for all y'all that pitched in and helped out and contributed and made it all a success. So uh, hope y'all had a good time. Everybody enjoy it? Okay, good, good, good. Mission accomplished. Oh, man, good to be here this morning in the house of the Lord. Good to be in His presence and uh, sing praises to Him with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So good to be in His presence. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning before we get into the message. Father God, we just come to You today, and Lord, we thank You that You're here with us. We thank You for Your presence in this place, Lord. Lord, just show up today and make Yourself known to us. Or just like uh, Moses prayed, he wanted to see your face. He wanted to just experience everything that you are. Or we want to be in your presence. We want to be with you. We want to uh, have wisdom and knowledge imparted to us from you, Lord. So we just ask that you come. And Lord, forgive us where we failed you. Wash us clean. Prepare us for... Uh, being in your presence, for receiving from you. Lord, we ask that your will would be accomplished the rest of this service, Lord, that you would just have your way. Lord, we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen. Turn with me this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 21. How many of y'all ever watch the news or things going on around us and get kind of down? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> you just can't, don't even do it no more, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People will say, oh, man, did you hear about such and such? I'm like, no, nah, I didn't. <laughs> I probably should have. <laughs> it sounds very important. sounds like it's something I probably ought to know about. But no, I just choose not to, not to even watch or listen, because of that, right? It's just all downer, man. It just brings you down. So, uh, if we look in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, we're gonna, first we're just going to read to verse 26. <clears throat> Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's, he's telling them about some things that are going to happen. He says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea in waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Man, that sounds pretty bad. If you've ever read the book of Revelation, you know what kind of things are coming there, and that all sounds really bad, it, and it will be. It will be, and... We look around today, y'all, we can look at all of the things playing out in this world, and I don't claim to be somebody that understands fully how prophecy is being played out. I, I just don't, but what I see is these things could be the things that are talked about in the Bible, or at least a precursor to them. These things are coming, right? And we look around and we see all these things, and it's so easy to, to be afraid, 
It's so easy to be depressed. It's, it, I don't want to see these things happen. I don't want to see people struggle with the things that they struggle with. I don't want to see sickness overtaking people. I don't want to see all that. And if we just stop there in verse 26, or if we read about the tribulation and revelation that is to come, and we didn't read the entire thing, we would be stuck, just like all of those in this world that don't yet know Jesus, with no hope. It's going to happen. It's, the world's not going to get better. And we would just be depressed. Except I don't believe that. I don't believe that, that that's all there is. That we don't have anything past that. If, if we continue reading in verse 27, Jesus says, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Now that's hope. That's something to hope for, something to long for, something to be watching for. And it's so easy to look at all of the turmoil in this world, look at the problems in our life, and to just say, man, this really stinks. And it does. But we've got to look past that as children of the Most High King. We have got to look past the trouble that we're seeing and experiencing in this world to things that are greater. If we just stop at verse 26, uh, we start to have some fear and anxiety and turmoil in our own life. And, and uh, maybe we ought to be looking at something different. Anybody can focus on the negative but it takes something special to look for the good. In verse 27 and 28, Jesus tells us He's coming back for us. That our redemption draws closer every day. Church, if, if we are children of God, if the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to our lives, we have been bought back. We have been set free. We have a promise of things to come. If that's all true, if that's all true, then we need to listen to the rest of the story. Look up. Look up. Your redemption draws near. Y'all, and that's really what I want to drive home to the, into each and every heart that is here today. Look up. Man, we, we walk around and hang our head down. And I want, I want to just drive something home to each and every one of us today. That is not the stance a Christian should take in this world. One of defeat, one of hanging your head low, one of depression. That is not where we should be. Because we have a promise of something else to come. We have something to look forward to. We have a hope of new things. And listen, I'm going to get into it in a minute. There ought to be hope being displayed in us. Because that is what people need. They need hope. 
There is no hope in this world. They need a hope of something else. We are the ones that possess that in this world. We are the ones that carry it around. We, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Do you not know what the Word says today? We have a treasure in earthen vessels, and it's in an earthen vessel because there's nothing to see there but the treasure. The treasure highlights everything around it. The treasure stands out no matter what the vessel looks like. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul writes to the Thessalonians. In verse 13 he says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him, bring, I'm sorry, bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Do you need comfort today? I, I would be willing to bet money that there's some folks here today need comfort. You need encouragement. You need hope. All of us do from time to time. And I stand before you today as a man that that has experienced those times in my life where I felt depressed, I felt beat, I felt down, and I needed somebody to come along and say, it's going to be alright. It's going to be okay. Come on, let's go. Let's pray. My hope is not in things of this world. They better not be. If your hope is in things of this world, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be let down. You're going, to, you're going to feel it. When it happens, you're going to know, man, that was the wrong place to put my hope. Maybe it's in a person. Don't put your hope and trust in me, I'm telling you right now. But if you put your trust in Jesus, you have a hope of things to come. It says there in verse 13, if, if he doesn't want them to be ignorant, and I, and I say that to everybody here today, this is a reminder for us. We should not allow this knowledge to slip past us. Hang on to this. This is important. He says, if you don't understand this truth that we've just read about, you will sorrow just like those that don't have hope. And church, we have hope. If we're a child of God, we have hope. We have a hope in something that is eternal, that does not change. We serve a God that does not change. He doesn't change just because the political climate has changed in our country. He doesn't change just because the price of oil changes every day. He doesn't change because your 401k has plummeted. 
He is still the same God no matter what happens in your life. And so if you don't have hope when trouble falls upon you, you're going to have sorrow like those that don't have hope. But we, as children of God, we've placed our trust in Jesus Christ. When trouble comes, we don't sorrow the same way. Yes, when you lose a loved one, you're going to grieve. You're going to mourn. It hurts. But I'm here today to tell you that when you know that they have been putting their trust in Jesus, you're not going to have the same sorrow. When you lose a loved one and you're not sure... Man, it hurts. There's always that question in your mind, man, did they know Jesus? But when you know, (laughs) you know you're going to see them again. You know you're going to see them again. And not only that, listen, this is the part that is so hard for us to, to grab onto when we grieve sometimes. We should not want someone to stay on this earth any longer than God has given them. When God calls them home, we ought to be rejoicing because they are no longer in this place. They are no longer dealing with the troubles of this life. They are no longer dealing with the aches in their body, the sicknesses, all of that. They're no longer dealing with that. They are now in a place where they're receiving their reward. They are receiving the promise of God. The the promise of God is being fulfilled day by day with them. That's why we can say we don't sorrow the same way. We know we'll see them again. We know they're where they need to be. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place so that where I am, there you'll be also. At the end of that passage I just read you, in verse 17 it says that that those that remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Wherever He's at, that's where I'll be. That's man. Come on now. That's good right there. Wherever he's at, that's where I want to be. Right? Is that in heaven? Is that on earth? Is that somewhere else? I don't care as long as I'm with him. That's my king. That's my savior. The one that redeemed me. The one that paid for my sin. That has washed me clean and made me justified in the eyes of God. I want to be with him. Maybe you're here today struggling with how I could feel this way. And y'all, I want to just be open and honest with you. I've been there before too. I'm not just saying these things because I want you to think I understand your situation when I really don't. I'm here today to tell you that I have questioned those things in my life before. I've been in a place where I said, God, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand how, if you're so good, how you could allow this. Y'all, I'm here today, I'm not defeated. There's times in my life I felt like I was, but I, I didn't. I didn't die. It didn't kill me. I'm still here. I'm not defeated. I'm not confused. I'm not perplexed. I'm not in a place where I don't really know what's going to happen because 
I don't have to worry about it. I have hope in Jesus Christ. I have put my trust in Him. I've, I've, I've banked on something that I know to be a sure thing. I know who I have believed. And I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. Do you know who you've believed? You see, there's a difference in knowing of somebody and actually knowing them. I know who I have believed. He has demonstrated time and time again in my life that He's able to keep the things I commit to Him. He's demonstrated time and time again that He's not slack when it comes to His promises, but He keeps His promises. Maybe you're sitting here today and and you're saying you're at the bottom. Hey, I've been there before too. When you're at the bottom, don't look down. There ain't nothing to see. You're already there. Look up. Your redemption's drawing near. Don't look down. There's nothing else for you down there. Look up. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Right? You. He endured the cross for you. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the author and finisher of your faith. He, before anything else was spoken, He was already slain for your sin. It was a done deal. Before the foundations of the world were laid, it was done. Understand that before God began speaking this thing into creation, it was already known what was going to happen for you. We are to be a people of hopefulness. You understand that? We are not to be a people of hopelessness. We, as children of Jesus Christ, He's our brother, we're children of God, we are to be hopeful. We are to demonstrate hope to this world. And you might say, well, prove it. Okay, I will. 1 Peter 3 and 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What does that mean? It means make a place for Him and make it only for Him. Make it holy. Put God in your heart and, and sanctify that. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Y'all, that sounds a lot like a command to me. Okay? And so let me just drive this point home for you today a little bit. If we are not showing this world that there is hope in Jesus Christ, who will? Can we expect another religion to, to do that? 
If they don't believe in Jesus, are they going to show anyone that there's hope in Jesus? No. So that's on us, right? It's got to be us. So this is a command to us that we should be demonstrating hopefulness in our life. How do I know that? Because it says someone's going to ask. Before anyone can ask you about a reason for hope that you have, they have to see that you have hope. They're not just going to walk around, hey, do you have hope? Do you have hope? No, they're going to be watching. And when they see hopefulness in someone, then they're going to say, this situation looks pretty bad. Why is it you have hope? And then that's time to pounce. Right? Because it says to be ready. Be ready. Because sometimes people are going to come at you, and it even says have a defense. They may come at you in a way that's not necessarily inquisitive. It may be accusatory. Oh, here he is, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. He's always, you know, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky, and no problems in his life. Tell me about the hope you have. Right? We can't expect everybody to come to you with a a willing-to-learn kind of attitude. (laughs) But we need to be ready. I know, y'all, y'all just hang with me. Hang with me. Be ready. Here's Here's the thing. Before anyone can ask about the reason you have hope, they must see that you have hope. And if we're walking around with our head down all the time, that doesn't look very hopeful. Y'all, I'm not here today to give you some sort of uh, motivational speech. That's not what this is about. This is about what the Word of God says. And if we as children of God are not looking to that eternal hope and we're not looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we lose hope. We begin to look for things in this life and we look at our bank accounts, we look at at people, we look at cars that break down, we look at all these things and we begin to be depressed because we're not looking for the thing that actually gives us hope. Man, that's a sad situation for children of God to be in. My inheritance is not based on... Look, here I am, y'all. I'm... I'm closing in on 48 years old. 48 years old. I don't have an inheritance in this world to look forward to. Okay? Maybe you do. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I'm going to be set up pretty good. I'm not. Okay? I'm putting money away for retirement. Man, that could all go away tomorrow. Right? All it takes is one crash and all of a sudden... I don't care how many thousands of dollars are in there. They may not be worth nothing. So if I'm putting my hope in that, it's it's not really the same kind of hope. That's called wishing. That's like playing the lottery, right? Maybe it'll work. I don't know. That's not where my hope needs to be. I don't care how good the company is you work for. That doesn't secure anything. But what I do know is that my Lord and God does not fail. When did He fail? When did He change? Come on, come on, children of God. 
When did he change? When did he stop giving to you? When did he stop with, start withholding something from you? When, when did he ever say, eh, man, I kind of missed it on that one. Let's do it a different way. Aren't you thankful that our God does not change? Because me, as a Gentile, it's a good thing that he doesn't change his mind on that one, right? Well, I think I had it right the first time. Only Jews, sorry. Man, I'm glad he doesn't change. I'm glad that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever because I can count on him. I'm glad that he, he looks at me the same way today. No matter what I did tomorrow, he's going to look at me the same, day, same way after that. I'm thankful that I can count on my God to always be the same. And that, my friend, gives me hope. It lets me look past everything this life is going to throw at me years to come and say, yes, I know there's a lot of uncertainty, but there is some certainty on the other side of that. I may lose friends and family. I may lose money. I may lose position of authority. I may lose house and home and cars and kids and everything else. There's no guarantee of any of that in God's Word. But I won't lose Him. I can't be separated from Him, in fact. Who can pluck me out of God's hand? Is, is the things of this world weighing you down? They do me. My wife can testify of that. Please don't. Do you ever feel a sense of hopelessness? Because there's so many things out of your control. And some of that affects some of y'all more than others. Some of y'all got to have control. Me. You ever feel hopeless because you can't control it? Man, I do. If that's you, I challenge you today to remember the joy of your salvation and cling to His Word. He will not fail you. He will not let you down. He will hold on to you no matter what this world throws at you. You will have trouble, but be of good cheer. Good cheer. He has overcome the world. He will come again when the time is right. So no matter where you're at right now, I challenge you to look up because your redemption draws near. It is closer today than it was yesterday. People for ages and ages have said, well, where is he at? He said he was coming. Surely by now, I mean, is he, is he taking his time? Does he go to sleep? What's the deal? Why ain't he here yet? And you may have even asked that question before. God, why are you holding up? I mean, how bad's it got to get? Well, that verse that I've quoted to you multiple times, or at least a portion of it, that says he's not slack concerning his promises, it goes on to say that he's long-suffering, and he doesn't wish that any would perish. Maybe that's why he's holding on. Maybe that's why he holds up on his return, because he don't want to see people perish. And there's still hope for some. 
there's still some that will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Christian, you're sitting here today and you're looking at life circumstances and you're saying, man, this really sucks. I hate having to go through this. I would just challenge you to lift your head up. Quit looking at all those problems. We all have them. We all have to go through them. But there's people around you right now that need to see hope. They need it. Listen, this is not a life and death thing for them. This is an eternal thing for them. This goes beyond life and death. Life and death is temporary. But eternity is forever. There's people right now that need Jesus. You say, don't you, don't you see what they're doing though? How wrong they treat people? Maybe they treated you wrong. I, I know. They need Jesus. Jesus won't treat you like that. You say, well, maybe you don't understand what I've done. I don't care what you've done. Jesus loves you. He don't want to see you perish. What do you mean perish? I mean hell. <laughs> I'm going to be real plain, real simple with you. Jesus does not want you to go to hell. That's why He came and died on the cross, so that you wouldn't have to. And that, my friend, is why I have hope. <laughs> Look up. Look up. 